This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back. We want to thank Racetech, the science of suspension. For nearly 30 years, Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. You can visit their website at Racetech.com. They did my suspension for Loretta's, and I got to say, it is the best stuff that I have ridden to date. And I want to give a big thanks to Rob and Chris and everybody over there and Wyatt. Don't want to forget Wyatt. So thanks, guys, at Racetech. All right, our uh, our last guest was J.D. Beach. If you missed that, you can go back and listen, pitpassmotor.com or on our app. Up next is a very fast AFT single-class single racer, Jesse Janish, joins us now. What's up, Jesse? How are you? Welcome to Pit Pass. Um, I'm doing well. How are you? We are just fine here. Talk about talk about flat track. How's it going? Congrats on your podium at the TT, man. Great job. Oh, thank you. It was uh, it was definitely a pretty crazy day. Um, waking up to a monsoon, literally. Um, <laughs> I slept at the track because uh, we've got we've got a pretty nice break thanks to Roost Systems, and uh, we slept at the track. And uh, wow, I mean, we woke up and it started drizzling, and I was like, "All right, that's cool. Like we can race tomorrow, being that uh, we would just do it on Sunday." And uh, man, I tell you what, the weather came in hard, and we sat through it. And they're like telling us how they were just going to wait and like make a decision and i'm like there's there's just no way it's happening and uh but uh aft and as well as pmc is sponsored by caterpillar and i tell you what they have some of like the craziest equipment i've ever seen that comes out there they literally scraped like probably six inches off the track and uh and literally reshaped everything and and gave us a you know a good racetrack to race on for the day um it was pretty surprising you know and you you can i've i've slept in half a million dollar coaches and i've slept in Fifty dollar campers, and they it, whenever it rains and you're hoping it doesn't rain, it sounds like it sounds like it's just like hail, no matter what, right? Even if you're in your van, it just sounds like oh man, it's soup. It's always louder in a camper or in a coach, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean the van is the van's really loud because that's just <laughs> basically a tin roof. Yeah. Um, at least in the hauler, it's, it's like uh, you know, it's got a little bit of insulation, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not like uh, not like sleeping in a house. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it didn't it didn't start really coming down until uh, we were already up. I mean, we wake up at especially for that round, we're up at about six in the morning um, just to start making breakfast and then uh, and then get in because that's a that's an early that's a day race for us, obviously. So um, you know, some of the rounds we don't have to be there till like ten in the morning. Uh, that one we're there at seven a.m. So um so yeah we were already up when it started raining but uh yeah we were just pretty much sitting and hanging out i actually started watching the the ama motocross race on my phone um was watching qualifying and everything when they made the call that we are actually gonna gonna be going racing that day so and how was uh did the infield flood i've been there before and boy it seems like that's about the lowest place out there was the infield completely a lake it was surprising it actually wasn't bad um you know it i think 
what the reality was is it didn't rain long. It just rained really, really hard. So, yeah, it was surprising, but it wasn't bad. Um, obviously, it was a little muddy when we first got there, but the pit area was good. Um, that's obviously all grass anyways, but it, it wasn't bad. The only, I mean, there was a little bit of a struggle because a lot of the, you know, the big rigs can't drive down the hill. So a lot of us were yeah. borrowing trucks, borrowing vans. I actually borrowed uh, Jared Vanderkoy's van um, to get my stuff down there. And, uh, and you know, that's a little bit of a task also. And then we just rode the bikes down the hill. So, uh, you know, going across the track, literally my bikes were, were muddy before I touched the track to actually ride, you know. But it was what it was. And, and AFT and Caterpillar did a great job getting everything turned around. And it was fortunate we were, be able, we were able to race. Yeah, that's uh, no doubt a, a- Kudos go to the PMC because that yeah JD said the same thing. Uh, it, no one thought they were racing that day, and then it came really good. Actually, he said the track got really good. Uh, how was it in your classes? Very single start first, so I'm sure you guys got the the slippery end of the scale. Um, actually, so that, it depends on the track, but they kind of flip flop us a lot. So Twins actually went first for the day. Um, typically, I think. Uh, a couple of the arguments in the past were that the singles riders with less experience don't necessarily make the best line choice for the track. Um, at least that was the argument out of some of the twins riders. So AFT just corrected that by just allowing the twins riders to go first. So a lot of the tracks we actually go to AFT twins, uh, start the practice sessions. Um, and then singles follow. And then it, the schedule always flip flops, but, um, with the twins riders being a lower rider count normally than the singles are first for the heat races. So a lot of times we get done with qualifying and we're almost right back up into our heat races because we go after the twins. So it's kind of a weird deal, but, um, the track was good. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of time for track prep because we were so delayed on the sun. So I think personally on, for me that hurt, um, cause we went into the main and the track was a lot drier and it was starting to chuck out, which is not my strong suit. Um, so it kind of sucked for me. I went from being pretty fat. I went from being fast all day and actually like fast qualifier and, and was on pole for the main and then went out in the main and, and kind of struggled. So that part of it for myself sucked, but, um, but regardless for, for the racing and for, uh, you know, for the fans and for everybody else, I mean, it was great just to be able to get it in and, and not have to delay it that day and worry about, you know, fan count and everything else. I'm sure it was hurting with the rain, but you know, it's always, it's always, it's always better if we can get it on the day of the event and not have to delay at all. Yeah, that's for sure. You sing praises to uh, the organization and and Caterpillar and and uh, PMC and AFT. A lot of people are are talking about AF, AFT and American Flight Track and the, and the changes that they're making. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? Are you? Uh, I mean, you sound like you're pretty stoked on them. Um. I mean, as far as, like, are you talking next year with the Super Twins or mm. just in general over the last couple of years? Yeah, I'm talking about uh, both, to be fair, because they've done a lot of good things, and maybe you don't agree with all of them, but, but, I, would, but I would like to hear your opinion as a writer overall, the things that you think that they should have done differently or should be doing differently, or I don't know. I just kind of want to get a writer's opinion, and you, uh, you seem like you might give them a fair shot on the air of, of how you feel. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as you can't argue with the the fact that we're racing in front of a lot of people, um, you know, I, unfortunately, back in 2011, I remember racing in front of like 500 people, if not less. Um, so you certainly can't argue the fact that we're getting in front of a lot of people nowadays, which is awesome. Um, so that's obviously kudos to them. From a personal side, I wish they would market more riders. 
Um, I know they have a marketing plan that kind of revolves around only certain riders, which I don't prefer. I would like to see, you know, a lot of the riders, if a rider's doing well that day, I'd love to see them, you know, get the publicity that I think they deserve. I think um, a lot of people are spending a lot of money to be involved in the sport. And I think, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with keeping those people happy. And sometimes just as something as little as a social media post or something like that can go a long way with, with, uh, you know, with some morale for some people. Um, in regards to next year, I, you know, we're going to have to wait it out and see what happens. Um, there's a lot of questions with the rules and, and, uh, and some of the stuff coming out. And I mean, I'm basically sitting around like everybody else that doesn't really know what's going to happen yet. They haven't, uh, I mean, they sent out like the, the structure of what they were thinking and, um, you know, there were certainly some, some arguments and some not happy people in the pit area. And I know there was a meeting after that and it seems like a lot of things have are starting to get questioned and possibly changed. And it, it's not like, uh, it's not necessarily written down as the rule for next year yet. So, um, just kind of sitting around and waiting. I don't think the singles class is going to change much, which that's where I'm going to be next year. Um, so really my only opinion is based off as a fan, you know, and, and looking for the next riders coming up and, and more concern for them. Um, I don't necessarily like the fact if it's cut off at 16 riders, um, only because, you know, as a, as a young guy coming into the sport, is it, can they look forward to being in that class? I don't know. You know, I, I know when I came in, the goal, you know, the first goal is normally make a main, get a national number, um, you know, and baby steps. And now that's kind of being taken away, I guess, a little bit. Um, there's obviously other opportunity, though. The singles class is not what it was, you know, five years ago. It's no, not even it's... what it was three years ago. Singles class is legit now. It is a legit pro class. And it was not back. I don't want to say it. I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but they've, they've really made the singles class what the, the 250 class is in outdoors or supercross. In my opinion, it's rock stars. Rock stars are racing the singles class, right? Right. I mean, back in, back in like, I'm, I'm just thinking like Brad Baker. I mean, Brad Baker, excuse me, Brad Baker. Well, Brad Baker, you had him, um, Jeffrey Carver and like Rispoli, those were like the top three guys. I'm not taking anything away from fourth or be it back, but like those two, three guys were pretty elite and it was easier to get a fourth. Now, man, a fourth is hard to come by. I mean, if you're getting fourth, you're a legit dude in the class. And I'm not saying that, you know, you can win singles and go, you know, beat Briar in the twins class by any means, but the singles class is definitely getting tough to where if Briar came down, he wouldn't win every event, you know? Would he be close? Well, maybe. He'd definitely be consistent, but I don't think he'd be winning every cl- every race in our class, you know? Can you explain for, for our listeners and, and what what they are proposing with the only 16 riders and the teams own the, the, the numbers and that sort of thing? Um, Yeah, I mean, from, from the way I understand it is basically it's, it's trying to copycat a little bit of a MotoGP style. So... They're going to have like their own pit area. Um, in, in regards to that, I'm not sure how that's going to be worked out. If, if it's going to be like fan access at all times or how, what their perspective is. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be basically 16 riders. And the theory there is that now you're going to have 16 guys that, you know, for a fact are showing up at every round throughout the series. And right now we don't necessarily have that. We've got about 12 regular guys, um, you know, Brian Smith has had a little some issues this year. He skipped a couple rounds. Uh, Brandon Robinson's got an injury right now. He skipped a couple rounds. So the theory is basically from a fan aspect, you're going to know that the rider you're rooting for is going to be there no matter what. 
um, because they're scheduling it that 16 riders, they're in the main event, they're guaranteed spots. And from there, um, you know, you're just, you're just going to know that they're going to be there. And then from, from the sanctioning bodies aspect also, they can market you that way also. Um, you know, we're going to go to certain round, let's say Peoria, and they're going to obviously market Henry Wiles. You know, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to be good. And that's going to be like his week to shine. And then, you know, we're going to go to Springfield mile and that might be Brian Smith's time or, you know, and we're going to go to another round like Buffalo chip and you're going to highlight Jake Johnson because you know, he's good there. And so I, I, I get it from like the fan aspect, you know, right now it's maybe a little bit of a question mark. If that rider you want to root for is even showing up. So I get it from that side, but, um, I still, I still prefer that you race your way into the main event. I, I guess I, uh, maybe I have the old school roots there a little bit. Well, I, w- I think what they're trying to do and, and, and I've invited Michael Locke to be on the show. He says he can do it in like a week or two. I was hoping to get him on this week, but we'll get him. He's always, he's always uh, made time for us on, on pit pass, but you know, they, they're wanting to, uh, you know, obviously it's a marketing thing and I, and I, commend them for that and change is difficult but i i feel the same way too just just that if there's a guy that's that's good enough to throw his leg over and put it in the main event then then how can you turn him away because as a fan and maybe you know so they're trying to bring in new fans i would assume that's why they're they're uh, wanting to do it this way fans that maybe don't exist or people that are not that interested and they want to be able to brand them market them that sort of thing I get it, um, but also, uh, you know, from a guy that's grown up racing, continues to race. I'm involved in racing. I mean, you know, I work for Wiseco. I there's there's a lot of stuff that I you know on a weekly, daily basis that I that I deal with in racing and that kind of thing. If there's a guy that's good enough, you know, if is JD Beach going to be able to go racing in the Twins class? Because I sure want to see him race there, but now he can't maybe because the team doesn't have a place for him. You know what I mean? Right. Right, and then what's going to happen with him? Is he just going to come down in a singles class? Because we don't have those same rules yet. Now, will that change? I don't know. But currently, uh, from the way it sounds, production twins and singles will not follow those same rules. So does that mean you're going to have an exceptionally top-tier talented guy come down into the quote-unquote lesser class and start dominating? I don't know. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Um, I think... uh, Go ahead. Sorry, a lot of guys probably don't remember, but I remember Brad Baker, Brad Baker getting his uh, provisional to race I ninety six Speedway back in, like in his rookie year, and he ended up throwing it in the main event, getting like a tenth. So, I mean, that's a pretty cool storyline that they're going to lose with this new concept, you know. Well, <laughs> and, and it sounds like you. So you believe, uh, in some way at least, Jesse, that they're they're listening to riders and teams with the input currently. Uh, I think that's what you were leading with. Is is that a fair assessment? Um, I think so, but I think it. A lot of it came because there was so much anger. But I think that a lot of that anger possibly came from maybe a little bit of a lack of communication. Um, I, I mean, not that I'm a team owner or anything like that, but I was certainly completely unaware of the new changes. Um, we sit through a meeting in the beginning of the year at Daytona and Michael Locke kind of goes over like his views. Um, and I sat through that. I didn't really see what they ended up portraying later, what he was saying back then. Um, you know, so I didn't really see it all coming. And then, uh, and then they kind of just laid it out and it was black and white. 
these are the policies and these are the rules. And I mean, there was like a rule where you had to have a hauler. It's like, okay, I fully understand that, you know, pit presence, they want everything to look professional, but you've also got guys like Davis Fisher, who's like a pretty much legitimate privateer who's finding all of his own personal funding. I mean, if you're going to take that guy and let's say he gets 50 grand a year to go racing to fund his program, now he needs to take all of that 50 just to buy a nice hauler. I mean, that's really unfortunate for a guy like Davis who's now got to go try to raise double the money basically to go racing the next year. Well, you know, and, who's and a good rider. AFT may may be, you know, with I could see this too, that AFT could, could help and assist and bring in sponsors. I find it, um, that would be, I think that's pretty optimistic that a promoter will come in and help a rider or a team earn money to run their series. Um, whereas Feld is famous for stealing sponsors or taking sponsors that a, that a, uh, a team has and turn it into a title series sponsor. Series sponsor. Yes. Um, and I probably just pissed somebody off, but I don't care. That's it's it's that's what they're <laughs> it's what they're famous for. I got examples yeah. if you want any. Um, so uh, you know, monster right, monster energy supercross. Well, I don't know. That, I don't want to say that that's where it started with Mitch Payton, but uh, you never know. Um, all right, uh, we better change the subject, Jesse. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we have to go to commercial break. We I I I could do an hour with you. You're a great interview, man. Thanks. And and again, congrats on your uh, your race results this past weekend and and this whole season. You've been uh, you've been doing great. Are there any sponsors that you'd like to uh, especially uh, thank while you got the while you got the mic there, Jesse? Oh, absolutely. Um, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, has been a massive sponsor for me. Um, I moved down to Texas basically to train and race and, and work for them as well. Um, everybody else, I mean, we've had Olin's come on board this year. Uh, it's been a huge help working with Jimmy Wood and switching over to Olin's. That's kind of been a big part of my program, and that's kind of why things have gone a lot better this year, is just kind of having the knowledge and, and the support there from the suspension side of things. Um, so otherwise, uh, just my, my typical sponsors, Recluse Clutches, Motion Pro, uh, Vortex, Works Connection, just everybody that's kind of been behind me. Lately, I've been getting a lot of help from Ein Steer, and I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, just everybody that's been behind me, my fiancé and uh, all my friends. I mean, we kind of carpool sometimes to the races and help drive and everything else. It's been, uh, it's been a good year so far. And loan each other's vans out to get down the hill at Peoria. Yep, yep, Jared Vandercoy helping me out at Peoria. <laughs> that was great. All right, Jesse, we got to take a break. Appreciate the time. No problem. All right, I want to thank Wiseco Performance Products carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Chris Hawkins with the Boltaco Astro Group. This is Pit Pass. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report. Your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.